Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 27 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il. In today's episode, uh, I want to uh, discuss again or explain what is Islam, but this time I want to make it summarized. So um, uh, it's just going to be like a bullet points. What is Islam? I, you know, what, uh, what are Muslims are supposed to do? Uh, and all these things, just, you know, a little bit more summarized and organized. Um, some people requested that, some of our listeners requested that I would, you know, again, have a refined episode of what Islam is. So that's, inshallah, what I'm going to do today. Um, so I, before I get started, uh, as usual, if you have any questions or if you have any um, suggestions for the podcast, please Email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, just send me your questions and or your suggestions. And thank you so much for listening. So let's get started. What is Islam? So Islam is uh, an Abrahamic religion. So what is an Abrahamic religion? An Abrahamic religion is a religion that its followers, they believe in Prophet Abraham or Ibrahim in Arabic. And um, um and we believe in his descendants, and uh, uh, yeah, that's basically it. And these Abrahamic religions are three that we know of uh, that are famous, uh, which is uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is the final religion. So now we believe that Islam is the final religion. There is no religion that will come after Islam. So like, you know, a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now, there will be no more, uh, like there will be no uh, extra religion or fourth religion, because Allah subhanahu. How do we know this? Because Allah subhanahu wa taala told us so in the Quran and the Prophet sallallahu in the Sunnah told us that He is the final Prophet of Allah. Now, which brings me to the second point, which is, how did we receive Islam? How did Muslims know about Islam? How how there are 1.8 billion, around 1.8 billion Muslims worldwide today? Well, it was all because, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad is the final messenger and a prophet of Allah. He delivered Islam. He received the Quran and the message of Islam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through angel Gabriel. Again, every single prophet received the revelation from God, from Allah. He received it through angel Gabriel, which in Christianity they call it uh, the Holy Spirit. We call it actually also the uh, the Holy Sp- Spirit in, in the Quran as well, Ar-Ruh al-Qudus. Um, and, uh, but to, and, and, you know, the, the difference between Islam and, and, and in Christianity is that Gabriel is only an angel in Islam. He's not a divine entity in any way, shape, or form. He listens to Allah. He obeys Allah's commands in terms of revelations and maybe and maybe other stuff, but that's about it. Um, he's not part of any trinity because we, as Muslims, we do not believe in any trinity. We believe in the monotheist monotheism or the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no um, other to worship. Now, so what happened is, Angel Gabriel brought the message to our Prophet ﷺ before he became a prophet, of course. And we we believe that the first word that Angel Gabriel told our Prophet ﷺ was read. Iqra in Arabic means read. And this is actually a verse in the Quran. Uh, 
what angel Gabriel brought to our Prophet for the first time they met, the first time ever they met, was uh, um, read or iqra in Arabic. And uh, we can talk about the story of how uh, did our Prophet receive the revelation. Actually, inshallah, I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to dedicate a full episode for that to describe uh, how how was our Prophet ﷺ before the revelation and how did he receive the revelation and all these things. But let's say that he was terrified. For now, let's say that he was very terrified because again, he was in the presence of an angel. When the first t- For the first time when Angel Gabriel revealed himself to the Prophet ﷺ, he was not in an angelic form. He took the form of a man and we believe that. And if you go back to our... Uh, to to the podcast uh, of of the angels, all the podcasts, we all the episodes we talked about angels. Uh, we know that they take they could take human form, not to alarm people and you know to be you know subtle among people if they want to you know do something or send a message to you know one of the prophets. So yeah, so he took on the the, the he was not even in his angelic form; he was in a human form. Yet our Prophet sallallahu felt. The presence of an angel. Then later on, he came back again, and then he basically revealed himself as an angel. And our Prophet ﷺ described this moment, and he said, when he saw Angel Gabriel uh, on his true form, in his true form, Angel Gabriel basically blocked the horizon. He blocked the horizon, and he saw that he was massive. Not like the angels you see on TV, you know, white dre- like you know, uh, wearing white dresses and uh, having a halo and the wings. That's very inaccurate, according to Islam, of course. Um, now he was massive. He was scary looking, and not not a scary looking like a frightening looking, but he was like massive. You know, like you have this presence when you see something that's like imagine like a giant walked into your city or hometown. Something that blocks the horizon, some creature that blocks the horizon, even if it looked beautiful. And by the way, we believe that angels look beautiful. You will still be scared because of the size, right? Because of their size. Now, again, I don't want to get on a tangent. I want to get back. So Angel Gabriel uh, kept revealing bits and pieces of the Quran to our Prophet you know, whenever he was ready to receive more. Allah, so of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew when our Prophet was ready to receive more. And that's it. That's how Islam started. Now, Islam came to affirm the old religions. Now, we're talking about the original religions. Meaning, because someone someone might say, well, if that's the case, then you believe in our Christianity today. Well, here's the problem. Or Judaism today. No, here's the problem. As Muslims, we believe that there was a there, there was so many human interference. And by the way, this is not a secret. Even Christians knew that, and Jews knew, know that as well. That there was a lot of human interference in terms of the revelation. Regard, regard in terms of like Christianity and Judaism. So it, it's not in, in its pure form like Allah subhanahu when, like when Allah subhanahu wa taala revealed it. Unlike Islam, and then someone might say, well, you're saying that because you're a Muslim, but let me let me explain to you. Unlike Islam, which Islam was preserved, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised our Prophet ﷺ that Islam, the revelation itself, like the, the Quran, will be preserved until the day of judgment. Now, some might say, well, you're saying that because you're a Muslim, and to that I can respond to say, how many versions of the Quran do you see out there? 
only one. There is, but that doesn't mean that nobody uh, ever tried to, you know, make their own version of the Quran, but they all failed. What you can see, there is no doubt anybody who would tell you anything about Quran, the common thing that they will say is that it's only there is only one version of the Quran out there, and that's it. There is no more. Actually, even better. There are millions of Muslims. Actually, I think in 2005 or like 2006, there was a statistic that showed that at least 25 million or up to the 20, like 25 million plus Muslims memorized the Quran fully, memorized it fully. So how, how would you mess with that? SubhanAllah, how would you mess with that? It's, it's in the hearts, in your mind. Even if you burn every copy of the Quran, let's say that some, some Islamophobes decide to have this like huge, you know, uh, graduation project, which is, oh, let's burn all the Qurans in the world. Yeah, you will fail miserably because even if you do so, what happens? You have millions and millions of Muslims are willing to write the Quran the next day because we memorized all of it. Alhamdulillah, I have the blessings of memorizing. Uh, I memorized... Uh, well, many chapters of it. I don't know. I can't have the percentage right now. But alhamdulillah, I, I memorized many, many chapters of the Quran. Um, and inshallah, I'm trying to, you know, memorize the whole thing. But you know what? Forget about me. Mashallah, there's a lot of people who memorize the Quran totally, entirely. They know it as if, you know, as if they know ABC, the alphabets. Subhanallah. So this is, this is why Quran will always be preserved. No versions, just one version of the Qur'an. That's it. Now, another th thing regarding that is someone might say, why would Allah, and I actually had this question uh, asked by uh, one of my dear students uh, uh, who I teach, uh, inshallah, make, make dua for her that she becomes a Muslim um, soon, inshallah, she's on her way to becoming a Muslim because she's she's really interested in Islam and she really wants to become a Muslim. But she, you know that she's studying Islam for that reason. And she had she asked a very good question. She said, "So why didn't Allah preserve the rest of the religions? It's it, those religions that were not preserved were not the final religions. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will preserve the final one. When someone messes with the religion, Allah sends another religion." Or an, an upgrade. I cannot say another religion. Well, it is another religion, but in, in itself, it's an upgrade and a reminder of the old religion. By the way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never contradicted his religions. Never, ever. And if you see any contradictions between any religion, know that one of these contradictions is man-made, 100%. Allah never contradicts his own religion. So every time someone messes up the religion, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a reminder in, in a form of a prophet or a messenger with a new religion, with a new reminder. But since Islam was and is the final religion, Allah will never allow someone to mess, like, to mess it up. Again, people have tried. Some people have a, a different version of Islam in their minds. But we're talking about the overwhelming majority of Islam it's only one Islam, one version of the Quran, one version of how we worship Allah and so on. So that's the reason because it is the final one. So Allah will never allow it to happen. Um, another thing is, now, uh, this is regarding, you know, preserving Islam. 
Also, one of the things that are really important is that Islam has three sources. So if we talk about this, and I'm going to, inshallah, dedicate uh, uh, an episode, uh, uh, like uh, two episodes, inshallah, or even more, uh, uh, addressing uh, the sources of Islam, which is the Quran, the Sunnah, and the consensus. Now, let me let me gloss over these really quick. So our source of, and it's, this is still in, in our topic again, the sources of our religion, the sources of Islam are, number one, Quran. We know that. We get everything, all the knowledge, all the historical information, all the verdicts, all the rules, all everything, we get it from the Quran. If we do this, this, was gonna ha- this is going to happen. The punishment of this is this. The reward of this is this. We know all this from the Quran. And... Also, the second source, the Sunnah. Some people have this crazy misunderstanding or like, you know, delusion that Sunnah is not mandatory. We don't have to believe in Sunnah. We don't have to. Well, to that, and this is why I'm going to dedicate, inshallah, a full episode for that. But no, Sunnah is critical and very important. And because Sunnah is also a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the difference between Sunnah, and I mentioned this in, in various times in, in, in previous podcasts, the difference between Sunnah and the Quran is that Sunnah is the is the ruling of Allah. It's a revelation from Allah, but the wording itself was left to the Prophet. Unlike the Quran, the Quran is a revelation from Allah, and the wording also belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah spoke the words, you see in the Quran. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed something to the Prophet ﷺ, you hear it from the mouth of the Prophet ﷺ in his own, basically, uh, way, in his own wording. That's the difference. Sunnah is incredibly important. If you uh, abandon sunnah, then you ha- you're, you're in serious trouble. Like, the path to paradise most likely will be uh, blocked for you. That's basically it. And the Prophet actually says in a hadith, "Man khalaf sunnah fakat kafar." Well, not the Prophet One of the companions said that. But again, the, 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 the hadith means if you stray away from sunnah, you disbelieved, because the iman is "Aminu billahi wa rasulihi." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran, "Believe in Allah and His Messenger." Believe in Allah, obey Allah and obey his messenger. Obeying the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of obeying or uh, obeying the commands of the sunnah. Uh, Another verse in the Quran itself. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whatever the Prophet told you to do, do. Whatever he forbade you from doing, you cannot do. It's forbidden for you to do. So basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us the authority of the sunnah is the same as the authority of the Quran. So do not get it twisted. That is the reality. For those of you who don't want to believe in that, may Allah guide you. But this is is the reality. Because some people say, well, I'm going to just follow the Quran and that's it. Wrong. This is very wrong. Uh, Quran and sunnah go hand in hand. You have to obey both of them. If you want to, you know... Uh, uh, if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be uh, basically to be pleased with you as if as he said subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran now the third source of the uh, of the religion of Islam is consensus now what does that mean consensus mean if there's something that and and of course it's 
we're, we're talking about something that's not major. Anything that's not major in terms of like the verdict, ruling, or something that, oh, like I, I, I can't find the answer in, in, in the Quran or the Sunnah. So what you do is, and it could be something twisted based on the time and place, then you uh, go back to the consensus of the major scholars. There has to be a consensus on a ruling from major scholars for it to be permissible or the opposite for something to be forbidden. Got it? Okay. Now, also, uh, so these are the sources of Islam and inshallah I'm going to dedicate, actually maybe the next couple of episodes I will dedicate uh, a full episode about Quran, what is Quran, and another episode about what is Sunnah. The consensus we really did, we're going to gloss, gloss over it, but it's not really, again, we're talking about minor stuff here, we're, regarding minor issues in Islam. Major stuff, alhamdulillah, are fully addressed in Quran and through the Quran and the Sunnah. Now, so that is Islam. That is basically Islam. Now, regarding the Muslim, so now you know what Islam is. Final religion, Abrahamic religion, coming from Allah, through our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and that's it. Also, I want to, uh, for speaking about Islam, I want to point out that when I say subhanahu wa ta'ala, if, you know, if you guys notice me saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm praising Allah. I'm saying that, Allah, that may Allah be exalted and uh, glorified the glor- glorifying and exultance to be to, be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is basically what subhanahu wa ta'ala means and as muslims we should always say that after we mention the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also when i say sallallahu alayhi wasallam after naming the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that means uh, may peace and blessings be upon our prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, this is actually mandatory for every muslim to say uh, whether the Say the name of the Prophet ﷺ, or whether they hear the name of the Prophet ﷺ being mentioned in front of them, they always have to say ﷺ or alayhi salatu wasalam, whatever the occasion you know uh, requires. Now, so this is regarding Islam, very plain, very simple. I don't think it's complicated. Let's go straight to Muslims. So what what does a what what do do Muslims have to do to become Muslims and to stay as Muslims? Well, it's very simple. If a Muslim is not born into Islam, they have to take, if somebody is not born into Islam and they want to become a Muslim, they have to take the shahada, which is the testimony of faith, which is uh, what many of us know. Ashadu anna la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah. You're saying, I bear witness that there is no deity in uh, 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 that's worthy of worship except for Allah. And there is no, and, and, and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is his slave and messenger. Simple. That's for some for non-Muslim to become a Muslim or someone who was not born as a Muslim who wants. But anyway, even if you were born in a, as a Muslim, you say this all the time. You say the shahada all the time while you're praying. By the way, in the five daily prayers, we say the shahada. You know, you say it in during tatashahud. You say it during certain surahs. So we all even uh, also uh, um, I mean uh, also Muslims who are born into islam they always say this uh, the shahada on a daily basis if they are practicing muslims now muslims must believe and this is very important must believe in six things and do five things and there are subcategories and we'll talk about the subcategories a muslim must believe in six things a believer basically 
a believer of the Muslim must believe in six things and commit five acts of worship or five things. What we call them, six pillars to believe in, five pillars to do. The six pillars that we a Muslim believes in is they are called the pillars of faith or arkanil iman, the pillars of iman, pillars of faith. Because it requires faith, it requires belief. It's all about belief, right? And uh, uh, the pillars of uh, 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 the five things that you have to do, we call them the pillars of Islam, which is the actions that uh, define you as a Muslim. Believe in six things, do five things. Let's talk about these. Number one, a Muslim or a believer must believe in six things. The first thing is Al-Imanu Billah. Believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to believe in Allah. You cannot be a Muslim without believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to believe in Allah. Al-Imanu billahi. Number two, Al-Imanu bimala'ikatihi. You have to believe in the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imanu billahi wa And his books. Number three, you have to believe in all the Bibles, the books, the holy books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent to us through his prophets and messengers. So the first three, believing in Allah. Believing in his angels, believing in his books. Number four, believing in his messengers. So you have to believe in the messengers of Allah. So this is number four. And an iman will be the final day or the hereafter or the day of judgment. You have to believe in the day of judgment. And the sixth and the final pillar of belief or of iman is Believing in the predestination or al-qadr or destiny, if you want to call it. Again, a Muslim must, to become a believer, they must believe in six things. Believe in Allah, God, that he's the only God. No, no, no one to worship beside Allah. Nothing, no other entity to worship beside Allah. Believe in the angels, Allah's angels. Believe in Allah's holy books. Believe in Allah's messengers, believe in, a, in, in the hereafter or in the day of judgment, and believe in the predestination or the uh, destiny or the qadr. Now, once you believe in these six, six things, if by the way, if you disbelieve in one or if you have a problem with one, you are not a believer. You're not a Muslim. You have to believe in the six things. That's basically what it is. Now, once you believe in the six pillars, go straight to the five pillars. Now, if you believe in all these sticks that we talked about, you're going to do five things. And you have to do them. They are mandatory if you want to become a Muslim. Number one, saying the shahada. Like I said, saying the testimony of faith. Second thing, praying five times a day. We talked about the daily prayers in, in, in I think, last episode. Paying your zakah. Zakat in Arabic or in Islam means the mandatory charity. A Muslim must pay a mandatory charity. Uh, it's uh, actually it's estimated of two point five percent of your basically uh, savings for an entire year. So let's say that you have a hundred dollars that you saved for an entire year. You after this year you pay two point five percent of that dollar, two dollars and fifty cents of the hundred dollars right so it goes on you do the calculation based on your money that has been saved for a full year and then you have to pay the zakah on that money so now now we said saying the shahada saying the testimony of faith praying five times a day and paying your zakah your mandatory charity number 
Four, fasting Ramadan. Again, we talked about Ramadan. Fasting Ramadan is a pillar of Islam. And the final thing, doing Hajj or pilgrimage, which is basically, you know, when you go in Saudi Arabia and you see all the Muslims, you know, uh, uh, walking around uh, Kaaba or that uh, black uh, cube, uh, cube uh, which basically it's, a, uh, we call it the house of God. It's the house of God on earth. It's not actually the house of God. It's a, like a metaphor. Like there is nothing in there, but it's a holy place that has been. Uh, designated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be where Muslims do their pilgrimage or we do our hajj there. And the condition that comes with the hajj is that if we are capable physically or mentally. So basically, if you can do hajj, it's mandatory upon a Muslim, upon you to do hajj. If you cannot do it for a serious reason, of course, like you don't have the money to, to do it, or uh, you're physically incapable of doing it, or any other reasons, political reasons, whatever the reasons are that prevents you from going to do Hajj, you are excused until you can do it. Then you have to do it. So that's it. That's what every Muslim should do. Now, some of you might ask: So what happens? So you didn't mention that women have to wear hijab, head scarf. So I thought that women are supposed to. Now, what I talked about is what defines you as a believer and as a Muslim. There are other things that are mandatory that you have to do if you are a believer or a Muslim. It's very simple. The, the equation is very simple. It's not complicated. You do these six things, and then, uh, I mean, you believe in these uh, six pillars. You do the five, uh, five acts of worship. You become a Muslim. That's, now you have the bare minimum of Islam. That's called the bare minimum. If you do this, Without mistake, like without making any mistakes, if you do this on the regular, inshallah, you're guaranteed paradise. But we make mistakes. We make mistakes. We're human beings. We slack. We slack. We do not pray five times a day sometimes. We don't fast Ramadan sometimes. We don't do this. We don't do that. We have doubts in our, um, in our beliefs. So to do that, we have to work on these things and we have to do... The stuff that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, uh, uh, commanded us to do, made it mandatory upon us to do, and not do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbade us from doing. So wearing, wearing a headscarf, for example, for women is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us and mandated on our Muslim sisters. They have to do it. Some might say, why, why, why? We could say modesty is number one. There's a whole ph big philosophy behind it. Is this number one? It's It keeps our society clean. It keeps our society modest. It keeps our society not staring. Like It, it keeps the men from not staring to a woman's body or hair or whatever. Because again, wearing the hijab or the headscarf, it's not about wearing the headscarf. Because if a Muslim woman wears a hat scarf and then she's wearing tight clothes or you know short dress, it doesn't work. It does not work. Hijab is a metaphor of modesty. Well, it's it's physical. It's not metaphor. But I'm saying wearing the hijab comes with other restrictions in terms of your how you dress. Because again, Islam's aim is to prevent any fahisha. Any fahisha means any type of sins regarding adultery. Regarding uh, you know uh, dating and all these things are not permissible in Islam. Respecting women, not objectifying women, comes when you don't look at a woman's body or how she's dressed or what kind of makeup she's putting. 
When you look at a woman who is wearing a headscarf, very modest clothes, guess what? You will be forced, forced to listen to that woman and understand her personality better. Because to you, she doesn't, oh my God, she's not like, uh, she doesn't look that, uh, you know, attractive. She doesn't look that, no, she doesn't. And she shouldn't be. You should not judge a woman based on how she looks. That's why we get the Me Too movement. That's why we get all this sexual harassment reports that we've been hearing about, whether in Hollywood or not. So uh, the Prophet, says, uh, uh, I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want a society that's filled with sexual harassment. Does not want a society that's filled with, you know, uh, uh, sins or someone who's leaving his wife because he saw a pretty woman in the street. Does it work? Islam wants the perfect harmony for everyone. You need to look at this as a way to preserve uh, our religion. This is how we preserve our religion and the woman's dignity. Islam is all about that. Islam is all about equality. Islam is all about equality. That's one of the beautiful things about Islam. You are not important because you are the son of someone who is important. Or you're not important because you have more money than the other one. At the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at like Allah does not look to our colors. You're white, black, brown, yellow, whatever you want to, does not matter. Allah created all of us. Why would it matter to Allah? Think about it. It doesn't matter. You know what matters? Your deeds. What do you do? What do you do that makes you special in the sight of Allah? Do you uh, go party every night with your friends or you stay home and you pray or you go to the mosque and you pray? It's that simple. Do you watch TV and movies and play video games all day or you read some Quran and you try to... Do you spend... Do you, sp you, do you go extravagance on your, you know, your family? You pay so much money for like unnecessary money for you know uh, buying stuff and, 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 and getting the fanciest food or do you leave a portion of your money to pay for the poor, to help out the poor, you know, to elevate people as long, you know, with you while you're being elevated as well. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at, not anything else. Islam looks at the, your basically at the core of the action, at the heart of the action, not uh, the, the, the surface of the action. So also that's another thing. You have to have the intention. When you do something, you're doing it for the sake of Allah, you're not doing it for people to say, oh, look, he's so kind or she's so kind. It doesn't work that way. Allah knows what's in your heart. Allah knows why you're doing what you're doing. So you cannot fool Allah. It's that simple. You cannot, you can't. So that's basically what Islam is. You pray five times a day. You do your, your fasting. Why are you believing in Allah and why are you following his commands? And Allah guarantees you a path to Jannah, to paradise. Allah guarantees you a path to paradise. If you do all these things, Allah told you how to how to get to paradise. It's up to you if you want to follow or not. That is what Islam all about. You can follow or you don't want to follow. It's up to you, but don't uh, be upset about the consequences or the results. If you, God forbid, don't go to, to, to paradise, guess what? Do not blame this on anybody but yourself, anyone but yourself. So I hope that that gave you a little bit of, uh, you know, a summarized uh, idea about what Islam is. And inshallah, I will get uh, into a more uh, detailed topic regarding Quran and Sunnah. 
But for now, I hope that you um, uh, this episode added anything to your knowledge. And thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.